Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Commander Boys Podcast, now recording on location at RTX in Austin, Texas. We are live at RTX, but that doesn't mean we're live for you. We're live for us and us only, and Joe and Roman that are also in the room. Say hi, Joe Roman, that are also in the room. That's Joe. Hi, Joe and Roman that are also in the room. And that's Roman. All right, there we go. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. First of all, this is a bonus content. does not count as one of our normal episodes. And the second thing is we're going to do it a little differently than we normally do it. You want to break it down for a Manny? Yeah, sure. So we're going to see a little bit of a quick turnaround. This is actually going to come out um, really quickly after RTX and before the couple of episodes that we have in the tank. So we're going to just break it down day by day. So as we're recording right now, this is um, the first day. Then tomorrow we'll record a little bit. And then the next day will be the last day and we'll record a little bit. May not have a lot to share on the last day because we're probably going to have to record before we actually go to anything at RTX. But we'll, we'll see what we can do. We're going to go a little bit long today because we're explaining all this. But that's pretty much the sum of what this episode is going to be. Yep, yep, yep. So that's going to be our normal breakdown schedule for this week. Uh, so you want to tell them what RTX is for those of you that don't know? Sure. RTX is a convention that we've talked about in probably the first couple of episodes. And um, it doesn't actually stand for anything, but it's essentially Rooster Teeth Convention. Or Expo. Rooster Teeth Expo. Yeah. But RTX itself doesn't stand for anything. And basically, uh, there's a bunch of panels that has to deal with Rooster Teeth content. There's video gaming. There's internet stuff. There's cosplayers. It's like Comic-Con, but without comics. For those of you that don't know what Rooster Teeth is, uh, Rooster Teeth is the original group that produced Red vs. Blue uh, way back in 2005? Yeah, it's early 2000s. Uh, early 2000s. They've gone on to produce lots of hot... Uh, content right now like uh, the current big one is called Ruby um, and then they just released um, Genlock not too long ago yeah with voice actors uh, Michael B. Jordan the little girl from Game of Thrones what's her name uh, Arya Stark Macy Williams Macy thank you Williams. Roman thank you Roman uh, also David Tennant mm-hmm. and a few other pretty notable people uh, Dakota Fanning's sister uh, Dakota Fanning Lakota Fanning yeah and So, yeah, so that's the RTX sort of in a nutshell. So today was Friday. This convention is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We came down on the 4th, uh, just sort of had a good time in Austin, and now we are here coming back from our first day at RTX. What did we do today, Manny? Well, before we get to today, let's talk about yesterday. We saw the newest uh, Spider-Man. We saw Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, that is true. That is absolutely true. can't believe you forgot about that. I can't believe I forgot about that, too. Possibly the best live-action Spider-Man I've ever seen. We're not going to spoil it, but let's spoil it. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. Then they get resurrected. Twice. Next thing you know, we're done with the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, But no, in all seriousness, really, really solid Spider-Man movie. I enjoyed Tom Holland's portrayal of Spider-Man. I think he is possibly the best combination of Spider-Man and Peter Parker. What I mean by that is I think Tobey Maguire was an amazing Peter Parker, but I don't think he was a very good Spider-Man. While Andrew Garfield was a great Spider-Man, but not necessarily a great Tony Parker. Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the San Antonio in me coming out. There you go. So, yeah, but I think Tom Holland does a fantastic job balancing scales. I think his uh, cast of the the actress that plays MJ, her name is Z. No idea. Zendaya. Zendaya. Thank you, Joe. 
Zendaya, see, these are fact-checking guys today. Zendaya is an amazingly talented actress. Uh, the guy that plays Ned is really good. He actually was in some Rooster Teeth content not too long ago. Uh, they made a horror movie called Oh, that's right. Bloodfest. That's right. That's right. I, I never, I never saw it, but I remember hearing about it and yep, then yep. promoting it and all that. He, he was in that, and uh, so if you're a fan of him, come check that out. Uh, free promotional for Rooster Teeth stuff. I'll tell you this: that actor, don't know his name. Looks phenomenally better with a head of hair. Yeah, because right, like apparently his actual hairdo that he's got right now is a completely clean shaven head. He does not look good. Yeah, I'm not I mean that's lie. a horrible thing to say just about somebody, but he does not look good. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I really, really prefer the hair. Roman agrees. Yeah. Uh, so, but all in all, if you're going to go see that, 10 out of 10 recommendation. Stay oh, yeah. for both post credit scenes. Honestly, I was surprised that place wasn't sold out. Yeah, me too. But maybe because it's 4th of, 4th of July, people don't necessarily want to go to the movies on that day. Which is possible why it came out on Tuesday instead of a normal Thursday release like most movies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like I said, 10 out of 10, stay for both post credit scenes, some of the biggest W3F moments. Also, really cool shout out, I don't know if you caught it. Uh, toward the end of the movie, no spoilers, once the climax happens, he's back in New York, and uh, he's swinging through, and you see a sign in the background that has a one, two, three, and then a question mark where the four would be, with a little line going through him, and the caption on the sign says, we can't wait to show you what's coming next. Oh, so do you think they're spoiling a um, another Tobey Maguire? I don't think they're spoiling another Tobey Maguire. I think they're just excited to talk about Phase Four, which because this was the final oh, movie of right. Phase Three. Okay. So Phase Four would be the be yeah, the fourth yeah, yeah. one. I guess I'm just stuck in the Spider-Man frame of mind. Yeah. I, I got to remember that it's so much more than Spider-Man. There's the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, even I think though this one, was a Sony release. I think one big thing for me about this movie, and it happened in post credit scene, so I can't really talk details, but you know when the first Spider-Man movie came out. They said that they're going to put Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but they're not really going to put that much Marvel Cinematic Universe in Spider-Man. Could have fooled me. You got right. you got Iron Man and those kind of moments, and you reference it kind of like the Netflix shows or the TV shows, but it's and it's a little more connected than those. But it wasn't like a lot of MCU stuff. It's mostly Spider-Man stuff. You got Spider-Man villains. You've got you know. The basic framework of like there's like one token MCU character, but with this post credit scene, this movie really kind of cemented itself as part of the MCU timeline. It's well, not just a movie that ties in. Well, yeah, and I like the way they did it. That it did still feel like a Spider-Man movie. Like you see Nick Fury in there. You see, obviously, references to Iron Man in there. But all in all, it's still Spider-Man. Right. You don't get an Avengers feel to it. So, like, any Captain America movie, like, okay, yeah, it's Cap there on on the screen. But it feels like an Avengers movie to me. Also, one thing that I really think they do well with the Spider-Man movies, both of them, is that they make the threat feel big, but not Avengers-level necessary. Even you know, though... The first, the first movie was, like, Vulture, and it was a, you know, small-town thing, because he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. thought his name was Birdman. Yes, <laughs> Birdman. And then this one, obviously, uh, this is a mild, mild spoiler if you've never read a comic in your life, but uh, it's got Mysterio in as the villain. Who? You know, not the fishbowl guy. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I know, the guy that they're trying to make everybody believe is the hero from the trailers. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, he was 
his whole thing is he's trying to make an Avengers level threat, but it still feels small. Although I do appreciate the line from Nick Fury that kind of addressed it. Uh, I'm not going to spoil that because it's an amazing line, but it, it, it was the mo- line where he goes, I'm just the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Oh, motherfucker, you've been to space? Yeah. It's in the trailer, I think. Is it? I'm pretty sure. All right. Well, it's it's an amazing line. Uh, 10 out of 10. But, uh, yeah, so that was our 4th of July. And then, well, we also had home sliced pizza. Oh, yeah. The you, best you ever fucking come to Austin, pizza I've ever had in Texas. Right. If you've ever come to Austin, you got to get home slice. We had uh, one pizza that was half, look, two pizza flavors on one pie. Right. So it was a clam and white pizza, and then the other one was a um, white spinach with ricotta. I believe ricotta so, cheese. Yes. Yeah, and that was great. And then the other pizza we had was a pepperoni sausage. I'm getting head nods. It was pepperoni sausage. Anyways, phenomenal pizza. We also got garlic knots with that. They were gone the second they were put down on the table. Yeah. It was all in all a great experience and a great way to welcome us into Austin. Little on the pricey side, but I mean, man, worth it if you're coming to Austin. Worth it if you're like only coming to Austin once in a blue moon like we do. Right. Like maybe three times a year tops. Right. So it, it's definitely worth it. And then we just got back from Fogo, or not Fogo, um, P.F. Chang's. P.F. Chang's. And I am a very sleepy boy right now, and you're not letting me sleep because you're like, hey, let's record before we go to 6th Street. Right, because I'm a good guy. Right. So if you actually enjoy this bonus uh, content, yeah, you're welcome. Andrew made me record. <laughs> so let's talk about the actual uh, convention. So we got there the first uh, as soon as the open doors opened, we got in line to see uh, Ruby's panel. Yeah. Uh, we got in line. That is also correct. Then we got in line uh-huh. to get in line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then we got in line to get in the panel. Mm-hmm. And then once we were in the panel, we waited until the panel started in our seats. So there is a lot of waiting at RTX, and that's something they don't necessarily tell the newcomers. Looking at you, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it, one of the best moments I've had thus far. We were standing in the pre-pre line. And, uh, I'm Joe, gonna pre pre. I'm gonna pre pre. And Joe goes, "Oh, is this the is this the line to get in?" I go, "No, no, no. This is the line to get in line to get in." And the girl next to us just does that, like almost out of the meme. He goes, "She goes first time." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty um, fantastic, actually. So I don't remember what we can say coming out of the um, the Ruby panel. I think as long as we don't talk about the video, we're okay. Okay. Well, then we saw. Let's just keep it vague. We saw a lot of cool merch that yep. they're going to be coming out with. They Some exciting new merch. They said they're going to come out with a uh, full-scale scythe that yep. you can buy, and there's only 100 of them here at Roos- or at RTX uh, right now. Which I appreciated Miles' uh, joke that they accidentally made the most awkward battle royale here at Rooster Teeth <laughs> ever. And it's also a gun. And it's also a gun. It's not really a gun. But it should have been a gun. It should have. But like a Nerf gun. Right. Keep it safe. Right. But they did that mostly for cosplay purposes, right? Correct. And collectors such as myself (coughs) that live in a studio apartment that doesn't have any room for collectible things. Correct. Yeah. Um, And then what else did we see? Well, they said they were already almost done writing um, Volume 7. Yeah. So so Volume 7, they just announced on Instagram or Twitter or something that they uh, had it coming out on November the... 15th just Just early no early november early november okay yeah so early november this new season will come out that's pretty exciting so you my dear listener you have until november to watch the entirety of ruby 
Yeah, because I know you haven't watched it. Right. And I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Right. Uh, Ruby as as a show is phenomenal in the writing department. It was originally written by a man named Monty Ohm, mm-hmm. who uh, sadly passed away after just two seasons. Uh, he was a fantastically phenomenal animator. He pretty much did the first two seasons by himself, which... While it does show, the animation quality gets progressively better every season. But so, so if you look at the first season, you go, man, why would anybody watch this? This video quality is crap. you got to remember it was done basically by one guy with no budget. Yeah, like the budget was bare bones because right. they had no idea how big this was going to be. Right. Only to find out a couple of years later, this is their new flagship. Right. Like they still produce Red versus Blue, but nobody really talks about Red versus Blue, or at least not in the people that I associate with. Like, right. okay, everybody here watches it from time to time, but not to the scale that is Ruby. Not- I think another interesting fact is, I believe it was season five or four, they got, uh, what's the motion cap master of the Hollywood right now? He's been Smeargle, he's been several of the apes from Planet of the Apes. Andy Circus. Andy Circus. They got Andy Circus basically to come down. Smeagle, not Smeargle. People are going to get annoyed by that. Yeah, you're right. I, my, my boss may be listening to this right now. I don't want him to get mad. You are correct. My Please revoke my nerd card. I said that incorrectly. Uh, but yeah, no, they, uh, they, they got Andy Circus to come down. And basically show them mocap, which for those of you that are not in that world, motion capture is like this cutting edge uh, way of animating where they film live people in all those green dot suits. Yeah, it's basically what you wear the suit, the computer uh, keeps track of like specific dots that are on there. And it starts off as like a basic stick figure and then they just add on to it from there. But what Andy Circus does that is so, quote, revolutionary in this field is he doesn't even refer to it as mocap anymore. He refers to it as like expressional capture because his technology that he's helped worked on is able to not just capture your motion in like my arm is bending, my leg is moving, but all the way to the details of your face. So you can track like I'm smiling, I'm angry, some of the, like those really small like microscopic you know uh, animations of your face. Yeah. Well, I mean, I use the stick figure line as a reference, but it's gone far beyond that. Right. The, the technology. That's just one of the areas in technology that just movies keep getting better as the technology gets better. And then I think whatever year that was that he came down and did that, he also did a keynote speech at that year's RTX. Yeah. And. Um, that, that was great coming out of the Ruby panel. Like, we saw some a uh, well altered uh, looks for the girls. Yeah, they came out with some new art style. They said that, you know, they've been in previous seasons in very, you know, battle-heavy times. And obviously the gear gets worn out. And so as unlike a lot of other shows, they actually update their look every couple of seasons to show development over time. And now they've got, you know, some cool new outfits, which... I would have preferred to see them in their actual uh, rendered form mm-hmm. rather than just concept art, but the concept art was cool. Well, I didn't I, have and as it. far as like the appearance of the four, the only real difference is hair change. Like Blake got a nice little cut of the hair, and then Weiss is in a just massive braid. And her dress got longer. She was wearing like a skirt, and now she's wearing like a long flowing dress well, based off of what I could tell. Well, it's colder. Right. It's like the location is colder. They're in Atlas? Yeah. yeah. Atlas. Yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely colder up there. But They um, also showed us some uh, 
new upcoming content. They've this year is the first year they've done away with the character trailers, which is uh, for those that don't even watch Ruby might at least be familiar with those. Every year prior, they've come out with a trailer for each character that was going to be important in the season. So in the original season, it was just the first four characters. I think season two they did Team Juniper, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, then probably. And then they've done some other various ones throughout the years. And they've done the villains. It's basically just saying, hey, these are the people that you need to focus on this season. And this is their backstory because we didn't have time to really flesh out their backstory in previous seasons. But this year is the first year they're not doing that at all. But since that's what they always showed during the convention, they showed us some really cool early footage of a what they described as a fight scene that happened yeah. on early on. Very low rendering, uh, done very incomplete, but you definitely saw where the scene was headed. Right, and, and I don't great. want to spoil any of that for them because they specifically requested no one videos it. And while we're not showing you a video, I still don't want to talk too much about the, what actually happens in it. But it was very cool to see them. Very cool to see sort of what they're going through, what the setup is. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited, actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. So that was the majority of the day. The rest of the day was spent in the exhibition hall. Right. We saw a lot of cool stuff there. Yep. I actually ran into uh, some people that I've been looking forward to meeting for a long, long time. The people that sold me onto going to RTX, uh, some members of the Valley Folk, uh, Joe Beretta, Steve Zaragoza. And... Roman and I talked to Joe for an extended period of time. He is a very, very lovely man. Both Steve and Joe are. Uh, Steve is definitely like my comedic idol. I think I even told him something similar to that, and he was incredibly appreciative of that. And I told him like, "Hey, I can't. We're going to the panel. I can't wait to see y'all at the panel." And Steve Zaragoza, being Steve Zaragoza, he goes, "Okay, well, I'm gonna be looking at you the entire time. I'm gonna stare at you the entire time." And I'm like, oh, and he's he's my cousin. He's like, you're his cousin? Or I'm going to be staring at both of you the entire time. One eye on each. One eye on each. Bam, bam. And so I'm I'm sure, you know, it's just fan service. It's just a joke. But I'm like, all right. And hopefully he is that engaged with the, with the crowd because talking to uh, Joe, he was like, yeah, we have no idea what we're doing for the panel yet, but we're excited. And so, sometimes those are the best panels is ones that aren't planned out they just kind of riff for a little while well yeah because it's nothing but crowd work right like I would love to hear that right but, um, uh, we didn't actually see any more panels today we uh, went to the convention floor as he said I think some of the cool stuff that we saw we didn't go to the main Ruby uh, Ruby Rooster Teeth merch section but we, we went around there's lots of cool art there a lot of really talented artists uh, we were telling our friend Joe since this is his first year if you have a particular art style or something you're interested in there's somebody here that can draw it the, the artist alley as they call it is one of the most elaborate of a lot of the comp- conventions that I've been to well and you picked up some dice here right yeah uh, Joe, Joe you want to tell us dice. Joe tell us about your dice yeah, uh, sure. They they uh, took a little bit of time to explain it to me before I sold it. So they're metal, they're heavy dice. Um, the second thing is that they actually glow in the dark and black light. I don't know how often I'm going to be able to see that. Well, you with... know, during all those D&D campaigns that they turn off the lights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, th- I just thought it was something cool. But what I really liked was just the weight of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Tarpley here, Andrew, uh, he, he has these metal dice that I've been jealous of for a couple months now. Uh, since I went to him with PAX and 
that's actually these two right here they got me into coming to conventions so when i saw him get those dice and yeah i spit i i, I spitballed the idea of getting 300 dollars metal dice myself at that time but it just it wasn't in the cards now i was like eh, i need my own so i got myself a fancy little pair and i'm starting a new campaign that thought what the hell yeah yeah, they they are nice die. Um, it's kind of like a peachish, pe- peachy type tone to them. It, it, yeah, it looked kind of hot pink with with a gold corners. Yeah, it's a nice combo. Uh, something else that I will say here, jumping back to the uh, actual con- the panel, while we were in line, as most of what today was spent doing, <laughs> uh, we I, I got to meet uh, Manny and I got separated a little bit, and I got to meet a couple of other really cool people. Um, one of them was the team that makes Ruby a bridge, which is, um, for those that don't know, a bridge series are kind of where they take the, um, any TV show, there's a Yu-Gi-Oh and DBZ are the two big ones, uh, but they strip the audio off, redub it with their own voices and chop it up so that it's more funny and more quick time. Yeah. Funnier, shorter, just gets more to the point. Right. Like a 30 minute episode in a TV show might only be a 10 minute bridge series episodes. Yeah. To give you an example, like 80, 80 episodes of Dragon Ball Z for season two is shortened to like two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an incredible uh, shortening time. Right. But, but like I said, it's always funny. It's, it's almost like a, a mystery science theater 3000 or like a riff tracks style of humor. Uh, but just in the context of whatever show you're watching. So we got to, I got to meet them today, and uh, they are a lot further along with the whole, you know, starting up their own audio business. They were showing me their microphones and telling me about software and editing and stuff, and it was really cool. They basically sat you down said, Andrew, this uh, equipment that you have here is absolute shit. Y'all wasted your money. You should have invested more. Right. Uh, the one guy was actually carrying around his mic because he was having all of the voice actors that he voice acts. Hold on real quick. That's not true. He didn't say any of that. I was just bullshitting here. but It's okay. I didn't tell him about my podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's not the one I hooked. But no, uh, they had a uh, guy that was carrying around his microphone that he uses to record and it came in a really nice like wooden box and he was having all of the voice actors of the characters that he voice acts in the abridged series uh, sign this box, which is a really cool idea. The microphone itself, $11,000. Oof. Yeah, so uh, a little little farther away from what uh, we're gonna record with, but he was telling me that as far as like podcasting goes, he said the top of the line podcast mic was only like 400, so we don't have to, we don't have to start at $1,100. Well, um, you know, our setup, it's not the cheapest. I mean, it's kind of the cheapest. Well, <laughs> no, we got two $50 mics here. It just so happens you got yours for free, and then the tablet was a few hundred, right? Yeah, the tablet was a couple hundred bucks. Let's negate the fact that you've had this thing for a while now. Right. But we have it. And then, you know, we got headphones. We got... On-brand Ruby headphones. On-brand Ruby headphones, you know, came came prepared for RTX. Yeah. So like, well, we got a pretty decent little setup here. It's it's a nice setup. The it's, sound quality isn't there, but we got a good setup here. Yeah. But uh, and then uh, I got we got potentially a new fan. If uh, if man, if you're listening, we you know glad that you're joining us. What was his name? Uh, Chris Tom. It was Chris. Chris? It was Chris. Chris. Yeah, yeah. I Chris. remember Chris. I don't remember. I okay. I didn't remember Chris, but I did remember his buddy's name was Matt. Matt. Chris and Matt. All right, so shout out to guys, Chris and Matt. Shout out to Chris and Matt. Made standing in line enjoyable, even if you are on the wrong Pokemon team. Yeah. But 
But yeah, so that was that's one thing I really like about this uh, particular community of people that are fans of this. Because of the wide variety of content that Rooster Teeth puts out, music, movies, video games, uh, sort of sitcom style shows, talk show style shows, podcasts, like they pretty much have it all. They even have a series right now on Achievement Hunter that uh, is called like The Weird Place or something. Mm -hmm. And it's essentially like a series of escape rooms, but played as if you are actually in the environment that the escape room is portraying. Like, I think it's supposed to be like, they got sucked into an alternate dimension or something. And so, like, they're trying to escape out of this house. Uh, they just have such a wide variety of content that the fans and people they attract also tend to be creators of various varieties. Um, they've had the video game they make for Ruby, actually, was originally just a fan video game that somebody had designed and said, this is just something I wanted to do. And then they... <laughs> they, ha they have two routes there. They can either be like, okay, we're going to shut it down because you're using our stuff without our permission. Or, hey, we'd like to buy this from you. Right. Like, hey, you can come work for us and make this thing that you like making but on a much better scale and we can sell it and and to me that's like that's what uh steam used to do back in the day valve that's how they got to where they are now is they just said hey you are making this really cool game come make it on our software we'll sell it and make lots of money and i, I think that's a great business practice i really wish more companies would kind of look that approach and it's not for everybody and obviously you can't buy every fan game but at the same time, like encouraging that community content is key to success. In fact, oh, I think it I was mean, Gabe Newell that said, like, we can't make more than our community. Right. Well, I mean, Rooster Teeth is really good at supporting their fans. Right. They're really good at creating a community. Sometimes that community can uh, get a little mobbish. Or cringy. <laughs> right. But, you know, what community doesn't? Mm -hmm. But ultimately, yeah, that's that's our first day. Yep, yep. We had a really good first day. We're going to chill here at the room for a little bit. And then we're, well, at least I'm going to have a few drinks. You aren't. You're probably going to have a uh, white Russian hold the vodka. <laughs> and um, No, yeah. I, I don't you know who I am? I'm the designated driver. Exactly. I get drinks free at every bar. It's true. You're amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's our day one. Y'all will hear from us tomorrow. Yep, yep. Right. See y'all then. All right, welcome to day two of the Commander Boys RTX bonus episode. How oh, you doing, Manny? Oh, you know what? Um, I'm going to get there energy-wise. I just spent the last 30 minutes getting really frustrated with Audacity and Voice Meter, even though they're both lovely and free. Yep. Uh, problem it sucks, solved. but at least it sucks for free. Yeah, it turns out the problem just close the programs and open it up again so did you try turning it off and turning it back on no hmm. see there's your problem broke step one step one <laughs> of anything is always turn it off and turn it back on broke it rule number one for real um so yeah day two day two give it up for day two Woo. i've been i well i woke up early mm -hmm. um same very hungover did not nice. feel well Nice. But still got out of bed because there were a couple of podcast panels that I wanted to go to that really, like, um, just teach you, like, I think one was actually called Pod, So You Want to Start a Podcast, uh, Producing 101. 
Mm-hmm. And that was a RT ran event, Rooster Teeth ran event. And then there was a community event called... Um, Starting and monetizing your podcast. Something similar to that, yeah, if not that exactly. Um, Both were very informative in their own specific ways. The one thing I got out of the first one was, all right, we are right on track Mm -hmm. with what we want to be doing, considering that we are currently only a audio-only podcast. Correct. Um, The second one you were there for, uh, <laughs> a little bit less helpful, but still helpful. They they meant well, and I don't think it was that they didn't want to help or weren't interested in giving good information. I just don't think it was as organized as it could have been. Yeah. Um, we were interested in the monetizing portion of it, and they did mention a website that we're going to check out, but it basically boiled down to, oh, you want to make money? Well, just make money. Right, obviously. And Why aren't you making money already? Jeez, how come I didn't think of that? Right. But um, but still, it, it was informative in its own way. We got a couple of nuggets out of that, and sometimes you got to go through the rough to get to the diamond. Yep, yep. And um, then after that, we ate, and I went to back to the hotel room and died. Yep, And yep. I've been here ever since. Well, uh, my day was a little longer than that. I got, also got up early. I went to a different panel than you did. I went to see Philip DeFranco and Bernie Burns, uh, just having a good kind of hour-long conversation. Uh, it, it's really cool to see both of them because they both are what I would consider titans of the industry that they are in. Uh, they are OG internet media people. So uh, they've been told. So they've been told. I, I don't think either one of them really consider themselves, you know, anything special. But uh, they they both sort of have that philosophy about the other person. And it's really cool to see that. Because despite both being longtime internet people, they don't really run in the same environment. They're kind of opposite sides of the internet almost. Yeah. And it's really, really kind of cool to see them interact and sort of talk about their different experiences. And, you know, one thing I, I liked when they even got to the question point is a lot of times, especially Rooster Teeth people, get asked, you know, how do I start a podcast? How do I get in voice acting? How do I, you know, first start animation and stuff like that? And a lot of the questions that were in this were like, okay, I've done that what's step two like how do i grow it how do i move how do i go from being one or two people doing something in our you know side bedroom to a full-fledged multimedia studio like you guys Mm -hmm. and it was really cool to see both of them had very good answers but they're just very different answers because they've done it different ways yeah they they got to a very similar destination but took different paths right um little bit of silliness i'm surprised that the panel wasn't called the phil the burns panel (laughs) (laughs) like you would think somebody would have come up with that yeah yeah that would have been amazing but But, alas uh, they did not but it was a good panel it was a really good panel it's it's probably so far my favorite panel this year uh it's right up there with the founders panel last year which Mm -hmm. was all six i believe original members of rooster teeth yeah i don't think i went to that one but but yeah, it was, it was the original six founding members of Rooster Teeth just kind of having a similar conversation about like, you know, now that we're here, let's look back. And this was kind of the same thing just from two different companies. 
And that was really really kind of cool. You know, it gives that, that – that's one thing I really like about a lot of internet companies like Rooster Teeth, like Philip DeFranco's Rogue Rocket Company. Because they have that young company feel to it, they still have that face of the company. They still have that personal connection. It can be done wrong. I mean, Facebook has a face to it and a personal connection, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like a good connection. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's, it's one of those things of like there's ways to mess that up. But I really like the way that these two companies have done it. And, and it still feels like this is something special and something exciting to be a part of. And you feel like uh, when you're part of the community, you feel special in this community, even though you all you do is listen to the content. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I want this podcast to be eventually is like I want people to feel excited when they listen to us. I want them to feel like they're just part of the conversation with us. Mm-hmm. I, I want that genuine feel. And well, like you were telling me the other day that um, – D-Way was listening to us. Right. Hi, D-Way. <laughs> yeah, hi, D-Way. Uh, he was listening to us, and he was talking to the podcast, essentially, while he was actually <laughs> listening to us, like he was actually part of our conversation. Right. And if I can get everybody that listens to our podcast to have a similar experience, that's great, because that's something that I've always wanted with this. I've wanted people to have an insight into our friendship and an invitation into our friendship. Right. And I do that with, like, Philip DeFranco content specifically. Sometimes he'll say, and now I pass the question off to you, or now I, you know, what do you think about this, and stuff like that. And and there are times where, like, I'm so excited to just think about it or talk about it that I'll pause the video and just, like, out loud start talking by myself. And it's just one of those, like, it's an exciting feeling of, like, that's really cool, or that's really infuriating, or... I didn't know that, and then you got to you know Google, and then you got you know it's it's an exciting process, and that's kind of why I want this. Not not from a informative. We're gonna tell you something you didn't know, although you might learn a few things here or there. But just more like um, I'm excited to be part of this you know group. I'm excited to be one of the guys, one of the boys. Um, so yeah. it that was pretty cool. Then like I like Maine said, I was at uh, the second podcast panel. And it was, uh, like I said, pretty good panel. Yeah, I think it was. I think the full title is "Structuring, Starting, and Monetizing." Yeah, that sounds right. So. If it's not, you know, I mean, if you're really that interested, you could just look at the RTX 2019 um, panel. I don't think anybody's list. that interested, but <laughs> Lord knows I'm not interested. I was there, right? But uh, I will say this: they did have some inter- interesting perspectives. There was two different groups of people. There was one uh, guy that hosts a Ruby sort of discussion podcast, uh, and from what I understand, he's video only on YouTube. He, I've actually heard of him. I don't listen to his podcast. I'm sure it's fine. I just not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, and he. Is, but, I, but like I said, I've, I've heard of him in the community. He he has a limited season kind of podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, they mentioned it there in the panel that right. the podcast it's, is only active when... Ruby's actively going or shortly before and after. Right. Or Well, any Ruby content, that includes Chibi. Right. And, and that's kind of cool because as Chibi came out, that gave him more time to produce you know, larger portions of the year. But uh, that's just sort of his side gig. And then the other two guys were part of, I think they were Bottom Shelf Podcast. I think so. Is that what the name of the podcast was? I think was? that's what they were calling I, I actually hadn't heard of them, but they were far bigger from what it sounded like. They actually do that full time. They said they have 
two to three podcasts they produce. Yeah, uh, uh, I think I think two because they have their weekly and then they have their gaming every other week. What it, I what I understood is that every other week is both podcasts, but they alternate podcasts. Oh, so like every that. other week was gaming, and then every other in between week is they're just sort of like our podcast where we just chit chat. Mm-hmm. And then they started a spinoff podcast, but they didn't specify what that one was, so it sounded very new. Yeah. Um, so they are a mostly audio only, but they do a have a visual element, but it's just still an audio podcast just on camera. And, and no, no, it's kind of cool to see the comparison and contrast between the two. So, like you said, it wasn't the most helpful panel ever. It, they could have used a little more structure and organization. But it was, like you said, you, you got a lot of information even if they weren't intentionally giving it. Well, it, it, the only reason why it was so rough is because I think they were using their own experience through it. Right. Which makes sense. Right. But... Like, they didn't necessarily give the time of day to, like, write down the notes, how they want to say it. Like, they had some Patreon members there in the crowd, and there was definitely banter to that. Mm-hmm. Which I can appreciate. Like, hey, you're interacting with your audience. Right. I, I would mean, love to do that. Yeah. I just need an audience. Right. But, but um, that being said, for the person that just wants to go in and learn how to better their own podcast. I right. would have preferred much much more structure. Yeah, it it wasn't it wasn't set up as a this will be a panel for our podcast. It was set up as this is a panel to teach you how to do a podcast correctly mm-hmm. and it turned into more of a panel for their podcast. Well, and that's what I appreciated about the first panel that I went to is it was very structured. They had a slideshow, they had video examples. Right, because it was the whole production team of Rooster Teeth, the whole um, main, I, essentially, I'm gonna say panel, the but the main panel of all of the production staff, right? Their, their team leads, right? And it it was very informative. Not a lot of it was necessarily directed towards us because they deal a lot with visual, right? Well, we don't, right? Our visual what, what, extends to a logo. One thing. Uh, <laughs> One thing for now. For now, yeah. One thing that I think uh, Bernie said in his podcast with a uh, podcast panel with um, Philip DeFranco is he always he said before several other times, but this was just reiterated today. There is a certain amount of luck that you need when you're making anything on the internet to break into the scene to be successful. There's a certain amount of luck, but luck is where preparation comes with opportunity and he always describes he's like he had a and he referenced a book of a it's a autobiography of somebody he was a big fan of when he first started and he said i could i wanted to follow him in his footsteps i wanted to try to be his thing but he said there's always an x factor that's just that one thing that you need to flip the switch and go famous and go big and go viral when you're in dealing with anything on the internet but that's not to say, oh, it just comes to those who get it. You have to be ready for it when it hits. You have to be ready to do what it takes to be in the opportunity to catch that pitch when it comes to you, essentially. Uh, and and I don't know, I really like that. And then Philip DeFranco had used the term, you know, it's, it's he he used the uh, the platform musically. He was saying about five or six years ago, he had a girl come up to him in one of the uh, VidCons he was at, 
and say like I'm I'm an up and coming content creator. I have like six thousand followers on Musically or sixteen thousand followers. I don't remember what it was. It was a decent amount, but it wasn't like millions and millions. And she goes, you know, it's not that big of a platform, and you know that's not that many people in comparison to what you have. And what he was like, no, because here's the thing. I can't get on Musical.ly. That's not a platform that I am able to jump into. And he said, but when I started YouTube, no one was on YouTube. Or no one important was on YouTube. And I got here, I established myself, and then it blew up, and then I blew up with it. And he said, and now you know, Musical.ly got bought out by TikTok, and now it's this big, crazy thing. And if you had 6,000 followers when it started way back when it was Musical.ly, you know, now you're, you're a big-time person on there. I don't. He didn't mention a name. I don't know if she ever made it or not. But that's the kind of thing he suggested: is you know, be where the people aren't, make something important, make something of value, and then the people will come. And then as you grow and the platform that you're on grows, you'll get better. So I don't know. We may look into that on some other up and coming podcast platforms. Yeah. Um, I, I've heard of different ones. We might try, but. I know it was really cool. So jumping forward, then uh, after the podcast panel and you went home, uh, I went. Well, we went well, well, real quick, I wanted to share a story that I had. Um, right. So in the beginning, the beginning of the day when I went there, I I was essentially the first one waiting in line for that panel, and then another guy and his brother showed up, and um, it was a very funny situation. I had a feeling of like okay am I do I really need to be here yeah because that we struck up a conversation and it it was a difference a significant difference because his name was Steve or Steven Steve I know that sounds like a name that I make up because I use it all the time it's one of my few names that I use every time for a story but it, that was his actual name right and um he was like, yeah, my uh, my brother and I are thinking about starting a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, what what do you plan on doing? And at least he had a general idea. I don't mm-hmm. want to give it out because it's not my idea to say. Right. But here I, he asked me, he's like, well, what about you? Do you? Are you thinking about starting a podcast? I'm like, oh, no, I have a podcast with a buddy of mine. He's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's we're only four episodes in right now, but so far so good. Five by the time this comes out. Hey, but um, that was very funny. He's like, okay, uh, where are y'all? And I'm like, oh, well, we're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on this and that. And he's like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah. Yep, it's and legit. It's, and it's basically. I was giving him the whole rundown of like, yeah, we're talking as if we actually have an audience right now. We're actually doing engaging audience participation because we'd like to think, hey, once we do, they will be here. They Mm -hmm. will get to enjoy it. They will feel like they've always been here and that they're always welcomed. Right. And then we get into the panel or well, more people showed up in line. And at this point, the hangover's gotten the best of me because (laughs) I'm just sipping on my mug of water. Oh Lord, help me! But um, I'm hearing everybody else and they're talking and they're like, "Who has an idea for this kind of podcast? Who has an idea for this kind of podcast?" And I'm just like, "Oh, these are idea people. These aren't people with a podcast yet." Right. And so, but like, 
the panel was good to where I still took information away from it. I'm, yeah. I'm glad that it wasn't it wasn't a waste of time mm-hmm. because okay, I knew a, quite a bit of the information, but like I said in the beginning, it was confirmation that we're on track with what we want to do. And I think that's important. I think knowing that you're on the right path is just as important as finding out what that path is. It's like okay, I would. I can't say that I wasted a couple of hours because I got peace of mind. Right. And so that, that was my main story apart from like, hey, we got some bomb-ass barbecue afterwards. Yeah, so that was the next thing that we did. We went to a place called... Oh, why did you have to ask as soon as I took a sip? I timed it specifically because you took a um, sip. Of course. Uh, Cooper's. Cooper's. Cooper's right. Barbecue. Cooper's Barbecue here in Austin. Shout out. Uh, we go there every year. The barbecue is good. I don't know if it's the best in Austin. I, I don't know. It's, it's not, but it's the closest available. And it to its credit, it's great. Like it, It's hard to be the best of anything in Austin. Right. There's so much competition here. But what I will say is they have pocket cheese. They do have pocket cheese. And, oh, my dear listener, we're not talking about lint that's in your pocket. We are talking about glorious, round, cylindrical, yellow deliciousness that is pocket size and portable. So what they do is they have a serving size of cheese, like of a cheddar block, whatever. And um, they individually wrap it, individually price it. And you buy it, theoretically you eat it with your barbecue, whatever. Well, this was our first time doing RTXO. That was three years ago? I believe we're on our first fourth or fifth year all right well uh, our first time there whenever it was um we went there we found we found coopers and we're like hey let's try it out and i bought the cheese and i put it in my pocket and completely forgot about it and by some miracle didn't get melted in the hot texas summer right and we were waiting in line for a panel or a. I think like, we had just sat down for the RT podcast. We were waiting for it to start. Yeah, I know. I know it was a bigger one because I remember waiting in line. Yeah, but um, I was like, and that Man. was before they optimized the lines. Oh, these are optimized. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a God. I've been here for hours. It's hours since we've had lunch. I am hungry. I am hungry. Do I have any snacks in my backpack? No, no snacks in my backpack. I reach into my pockets. What do I feel? The pocket cheese. And literally all I heard was, Ooh, pocket cheese. Ooh, pocket cheese. And yeah, uh, I had my individually wrapped cheese in my pocket. Still good. Tasted amazing. And And now it's a... uh Tradition, every RTX, we got to go Cooper's, we got to get pocket cheese. And it's not even just like, oh, it's tradition because tradition's sake. Like, it's a useful tradition. It's a very useful tradition. Like, you wait in some of these lines and you're like, fuck, I'm hungry, I don't have chips, and I don't want to spend 4 or $5 on a bag of chips. Right. It's like, pocket cheese. Pocket cheese. Pay $1.37 or however much for pocket cheese. Yep, yep, yep. And I always, yeah, pocket cheese is definitely a highlight. Yep, yep. The smallest things are a highlight. <laughs> and that's that's one of the things I really love about RTX. The convention itself is great. There is nothing wrong with the convention, save the lines, maybe. But what makes RTX so great to me as a uh, person who comes here every year 
is some of the little things that happen in and around the convention that aren't necessarily part of the convention. It's just part of the experience of going. And, and while pocket cheese is definitely like not something the convention advertises or even something <laughs> that literally anybody else at this convention does, it is just something that makes this trip fun to come home with my best friend and other friends that we invite every year. Looking at you, Roman. Roman's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not looking he's at awake. you. He's awake. That's fine. Oh, okay. He's uh, just very grumpy. <laughs> so what else is new? Yeah, right. Uh, I was grumpy earlier. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah. So after Cooper's, like you said, you went to sleep. Uh, I went back with my the Joseph, uh, the Joe, the Joe, the Christopher Joseph. <laughs> it's funny because that's the reverse of his name, right? Uh, so we head back with Joe, and uh, we go. We're waiting on Roman to get out of a, a panel that he is on, the kind of funny panel, and uh, we go to the expo hall and yesterday we passed up the actual RT merch booth so we figured we'd go there line zero people fantastic that's the kind of line I'm looking for so I go in uh, nothing out of the crazy ordinary they've got the new uh, cosplay scythe for 250 something oh that's all yeah and I didn't I mean why did I pick up two mm-hmm. uh, I didn't get it surprisingly what <laughs> I was close. I thought about it. I wanted it, but uh, I decided that I did need a life-size replica of a scythe. Uh, but I did get some t-shirts. Um, I'm a big Camp Camp fan, uh, which for those of you that don't watch Rooster Teeth content, it's essentially like... It's an animated Saturday morning type cartoon, but more based towards adults. Yeah, think Family Guy style humor, uh, but it... It doesn't look like that. It's Out of not, the mouth of children. Right. Not necessarily South Park, but like straight up would feel like a Saturday morning cartoon, like something off of Nickelodeon or something off a of Cartoon Network. Right. It's like a Nickelodeon cartoon that says the word fuck. Yeah. It's fan, It's fantastic. It's possibly one of my favorite things on the internet right now. But uh, I their motto is uh, Camp A Diem. Mm-hmm. Seize the camp, and yep. Uh, yep, 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 yep. That that's pretty great. And then I bought my girlfriend a Los Diablitas shirt, which is a reference to an episode where the Girl Scout version of them uh, accidentally become cocaine smugglers for the Mexican drug cartel because they're trying to sell cookies. Right, as, as you, you do. do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, I also bought a uh, wooden coaster that also is a dice holder. For D and D, a Woster. A Woster. Yeah, I, I don't. I wish I knew the name of the company off the top of the head. I'd shout it out. Don't worry, I got you. It's uh, called Cascadia Gaming Supply Company, and the uh, founder, according to their little business card here, his name is Austin Scroggins or Scroggins. Cool name. And. Um, yeah, so tell me a little bit about the product, and uh, you can always go to CascadiaGamingSupply.com if you are interested, or go to their Instagram, at Cascadia Gaming. Hashtag not a sponsor. Hashtag, Hashtag could be a sponsor. Hashtag we just like their product, like, yeah. so let's give them a shout out. Yeah, so it's really, really cool. Um, I am, and as you know, Manny, uh, a huge D&D fan, and uh, I like to Dungeon My Dragons win style. So over the years, I've picked up various pieces of D&D swag that are completely optional and unnecessary to the core gameplay, 
but make the gameplay a lot more fun. For instance, uh, I have a Wormwood Dice Tower I picked up one year at PAX. I have some level up dice that I picked up at different year at PAX. And this uh, gaming dice coaster that also is a dice holder uh, is... Well, I mean, it's there in the name, right? It's a it's a dice holder, but dice coaster. Right. It's a, it's a little wooden disc, essentially, that has two pieces to it that are magnetized together for storage purposes. And then you unfold it, and it magnetizes together again in almost like an infinity symbol sort of shape. On one side is the coaster portion, and it has the various classes of D&D on them. Uh, rogue, uh, I can't think of anything but Rogue, because that's what I play. Rogue, <laughs> Druid, Monk, Fighter, Warlock, Wizard, Paladin, etc. Bard. Bard. Uh, the etc. Et et the only thing that matters, Bard. <laughs> uh, so, it's got some really cool... I think it's laser etched, like laser burned yeah. designs into them. That's kind of what it looked like to me. And then the other side is the same size circle, but it's got small little holes in it. Yeah, it's that got you multiple can, holes for each each die. Each die, yeah. So uh, a normal set of D and D die, obviously, for those of you that don't play, you got your D four, D six, D ten, eight. D8, D10, 12, 20, 20, and a percentage dice, which is a D10, but with double digits on it. Yeah. Um, So it's got a little spot for each one of those, and it just kind of keeps your dice organized and stuff on your table while you're playing, and gives you a cool place to put your drink. Visually pleasing, too. And not that expensive. It was only like 15 bucks, which for D&D gear is dirt cheap. Yeah. So Cascadia Gaming Supply Company, CascadiaGamingSupply.com. Like, go check it out. It's fun. Pretty cool. I like their product. I picked up their their card for a reason. I want I want one, even though I don't really play anymore. I want one. <laughs> you don't play anymore yet. I don't play anymore yet. But uh, yeah, G- give me a campaign to play. I have a bard that I like to play with. There you go. I only want to play one character ever. <laughs> Unlike me, who has what eight now? Mm. I think. But anyway, so that was pretty cool. Uh, super chill day. I need to mention the coffee robot. The coffee oh. robot is fantastic. Oh, my goodness. Coffee so I, robot. I forgot the coffee robot yesterday. It looks new. I don't think they had it last year, if I remember correctly. No. Or if they did, I didn't see it. They have a coffee robot. You order it on your phone or on a little tablet built into the machine. It makes and serves your coffee right there in front of you, completely automated. So when I order four espresso shots, no judgment. They don't question it. They don't go, are you sure you want four espresso shots? They just give me <laughs> my coffee. Surely this is an error. <laughs> they just give me my coffee. You know, if I say whole milk, they give me whole milk instead of 2%. They don't judge me for not drinking skim, which is just water lying about being milk. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a great, great little tool. I want one for the podcast office. It's too big. I, I mean... We could renovate the podcast office. It's, no, not when there's a bed in there. I mean, we could get rid of the bed. I've been trying to get rid of the bed. <laughs> You're like, no, people sleep there. People do sleep there. but So, the final thing for the day, we saw the uh, RT podcast, which you slept through. Uh, it was possibly one of the funniest podcasts. <laughs> slept through because I was not there. Right. Uh, it was possibly one of the funnier podcasts I've seen of the RT podcast, which is a great podcast as on its own. Uh, it was Jeff, not Jeff. It was Bernie, Gus, Gavin, Barbara, and Philip DeFranco again. And Gus. And, and Gus, yeah. <laughs> uh, and 
they played Google and Gavin uh, with possibly some of the hardest Google and Gavins that I've ever heard. Uh, My favorite one is what was an orange called before they discovered the color orange and what does what color is a rainbow at night i i legitimately couldn't guess the orange was google the orange was google everybody got it wrong thus being the first time google has ever <laughs> gavin has ever won google or gavin wow yeah it was pretty fun i i knew that right off the top yeah i guessed it wrong too i guessed the uh, orange thing was gavin but no. yep yep uh so yeah, it, it was some of the better Google and Gavin. They played a Google or Gaggle, which is not my favorite game, but uh, it was what it was. And it was just fascinating to watch Philly D's face just in utter confusion as to this chaos reigning around him. He's like, you could just hear the gears turning and like, my show is so structured and ordered. How do they get away with this? Exactly. <laughs> Like, I don't think it was a judgmental way. He looked like he was having fun, but it's just one of those, like, is this how they do things or anything? This is amazing. <laughs> All right, so tomorrow, uh, wake up, grab a brush, put a little makeup. One or two. I just got to fade it with a shake-up. One or two. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as I can recall, because I don't have my phone in front of me, I just have the Valley Folk panel and uh, uh, Off Topic. I think there is a uh, an, one other little small thing, but it's small. And then maybe convince myself to buy something from the merch store, even though I had a really fun night at 6th Street, and now my bank account is feeling it. Yep, yep. So, Patreon at Command <laughs> <laughs> That being said, we really should set up a Patreon, because that is the one thing we can take away from uh, from that panel that we were at. Yeah. And so... Keep in mind, this podcast will always be free. If we do a Patreon, if we do a premium subscription service, it's, it will be an extra on top of this. Yeah, it's purely what it is. We're never going to charge you um, only your donation. Yeah. Like, honestly. and Just support us if you like what we do and do what we like. And But, hey, here's a thought. Um, you know, you're donating money to us. If you do, obviously you have some say in the show. Yep. Because, <laughs> hey, you're paying us. Right. That being said, limited control. We own, we own everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, so maybe, 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 maybe keep your eyes out for that. I'm not sure. But uh, yep. anyways, that's pretty you. much all for day two. See y'all tomorrow. Talk to y'all later. Day three of the RTX special. Hello, everybody. We are back in San Antonio, back in the commander station, a.k.a. Andrew's spare bedroom. How are you doing? I'm tired, but this is all a front. I'm tired, and I feel like I'm going to die. Great. Tell me about today. All right. Today started real early for me. I woke up, packed my shit, and uh, we went. Joe and I went to the Art Genlock podcast. Genlock. Pan- all right. Panel. Genlock panel. Ooh, I'm tired. We went to the Genlock panel. We saw the new concept art for some stuff that they're announcing. We saw some new merch. They haven't even begun production on season two yet. That's great. Yeah, so they they said that they would like to do it, they plan to do it, but they have a lot of stuff that got to get done before they can even begin the production process. So it sounds like it's going to be a way off, but it sounds like it is definitely coming. Look, as long as they're taking their time with it, that's all that matters because I don't like when projects are rushed out, much like a very bonus special podcast. Right. I mean, it's just like lazy and half-assed, and we just don't want to produce that kind of content. Okay. So it's uh, 
it's good to see that they are taking their time with that. They said that a lot of things that they're working on is the kind of quality of life and making sure that everybody is not, you know, just trying to get something out. So that's that's good. Uh, then we went to the DC Rooster Teeth comic book panel. So okay. because Rooster Teeth was recently acquired by Warner Media not too long ago, they are producing a DC brand comic book for what they said four different properties. The only ones that they are able to confirm today are Ruby and Jinlock. So they uh, showed off some concept cover art and they showed off some concept uh, you know, storylines and some things that were like basically the writers were applying. They introduced who would be writing the Jinlock comic and they showed a because they were there and they apparently were never even heard of Rooster Teeth. As the guy said, he used to watch uh, Red vs. Blue back in college and they said that he was like, I basically saw the first episode Jinlock, binged the entire series in one sitting and then just was blown away by everything and was really excited to do it and now getting to come to RTX and he said I was recognized like the first time I was there I saw somebody cosplaying a Genlock character and he goes oh can we take a picture of you and they go oh my gosh you're the writer of the uh, Genlock comic book and he goes I just agreed to do it yesterday how do you already know what I look like <laughs> he said we're writers why do you know what we look like at all like that's crazy but um, so they were really cool they were really impressive the writer of Ruby was not able to be there, but she sent in a video just saying, hey, I'm really excited to do this. I'm really excited to be there. Um, I just couldn't make it to RTX this year. So I have some complaints and some things that I'm hesitant about uh, on some of the fronts, but we don't need to get in that today. Uh, just overall, I'm excited to see what's coming. Nice. Well, my day didn't start off nearly as early. In fact, I was asleep until you and Joe left. Um, that being said, Roman and I, we got ready. We checked out from the hotel. Um, we saw a lot of the World Cup, the Women's World Cup final match. And go USA. We did great. USA. Exactly. USA. Then uh, the first thing Roman and I did was we went down to... Um, the Valleycast panel and I had an amazing time there yeah Valleycast Valley folk it's yeah they're the Valley folk I know I said Valleycast you don't have to whisper it I got it I was just confused you can talk (laughs) I was confused yeah no it's fine we went to the Valley folk panel and we saw the cast there and it was an amazing time there was a great Q&A, no cringeworthy questions. I, I understand that you got a uh, picture. Oh, yeah, it was great. I met Steve Zaragoza again for the second time. Roman and I got a quick picture with him. It was half fun. my face was in it. Yeah, half of his face was in it, even though uh, Steve was very excited to it's, take it's the picture with It's your best half, Roman. He got the right half. half. He got the right half. Yeah. He was, Steve was very excited to take a picture uh, with us just because, hey, we're fans and we were wearing our dynamic banter shirts. It was great. I posted it to um, my Twitter. I posted it to our Instagrams. And it, it was a lot of fun. He even post retweeted it a couple of times on uh, the dynamic banter page and to his own Instagram story. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. So that was, that was great. That was... A bucket list item because he is where I get a lot of my comedic inspiration from right and that is something that I've been looking forward to doing for years just meeting him and having a great time 
and something they kind of announced but not really announced but they did announce it um they are part of the rooster teeth podcast organization the roost that's pretty cool like they officially said like yep the the valley um the valley cast which is their podcast is part of the roost network so they'll be part of rooster teeth productions at least in a partnership form i was gonna ask what does that entail do you know as far as uh what i gathered just the podcast I guess is through Rooster Teeth's um, platform. So it'll be on first then? That I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's still just like, hey, here's our friends. Um, They're going to be welcome to any Rooster Teeth stuff in the future. They even talked about how there's a Rooster Teeth in L.A. They've never even met. They've never even been there. But it's all very new and they're just part of this general network of podcasts. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so people were excited, and they were like, oh, are we going to see you on any animation stuff? Um, And they were like, I don't know, maybe it's up in the air. Um, And they seemed excited to just be part of Rooster Teeth in any form. Right. So that that was really cool. And then we uh, went to the store. I got a couple of shirts. And then uh, we went to... What's uh oh off, off topic. topic? Yeah, the so topic panel. rewinding a little bit while you were in the Valley Folk uh, podcast panel, I went and then went to the store. Uh, Joe and I went to a local place called Gus's Chicken, some of the world famous fried chicken. It is very, very good chicken. Uh, we waited an absurdly long time to get in, but once we were inside, it was delicious. And then uh, we met you back there for the off topic pot po- podcast panel. Yeah, um, the off-topic podcast <laughs> panel. Can, can you tell we're tired? <laughs> yeah, very tired. The off-topic is the last thing we always close Rooster, Rooster Teeth Expo RTX. And Man, as far as I know, their schedule, that's the last event of RTX as a whole. And as a result, the it being the last event and a notable event and something everyone enjoys, it is always the most crowded it is the biggest packed singular event as far as i can tell they said 3700 people were in that room 3701 right 3701 people were in that one room just to hear that podcast which yeah. is as now a podcaster is something i can never imagine happening for us but is a dream that i i do think i have look i was very tired i honestly don't remember what they talked about i don't remember what they talked about either and the off-topic podcast is very like not my cup of tea i i don't typically listen to them that is pretty much the only time that i go but just seeing pretty much all of rooster teeth fandom in one location mm-hmm. it, it is something that or at like, least as much as you can fit in that room at one time right it, it, it's you know you've got your people that are just fans of some of the animation or just fans of achievement hunter or just fans of kind of funny or, or you know any of the other kind of correlated groups all there mixed and represented you've got people in cosplay you've got people in you know recording equipment you've got you know, I oh that was one thing I got to meet Comics Drake uh, from YouTube. Oh He's, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. Like you pointed him out to me when we were there. I forgot. Right. Uh, you know, he was there to interview some people about the uh, upcoming comics that they're producing, and I know anyway, it's just really cool to see a variety of people of all walks of life here at that one location, and uh, it was it was really exciting. And I think that no RTX is really complete for me without getting to do that. 
and getting to sing uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Like that's you know with thirty seven hundred and one people, thirty seven hundred and one hungover nerds that are all there to celebrate. Sweaty body odor, but they are singing their heart out. <laughs> yes, they are. But well. Like, this last portion seems super rushed, probably, but I'm tired, you're tired, I want to go home to Carolyn and just, like, crash. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie, uh, I didn't realize how tired I was until I fell asleep halfway through the uh, off-topic podcast. Yeah, um, so... Um, so, yeah, with that, we'll say that uh, we got home, stopped at Bucky's, ate way too much food, had a good time. Yeah, yeah. Overall, uh, 1 out of 10, how was this RTX for you? Uh, da, 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 seven. Seven? Seven. I think this is probably my second favorite RTX I've ever had. Maybe eight. I don't know this my favorite, but it's definitely my second favorite. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, my dear listeners, we'll talk to you later. I'm, All right. I'm Manny. I'm Andrew. Thanks you for tuning in to our RTX special. Bye. Bye. <laughs>